Welcome back to another episode of Girls & Co. We have an OG episode, Just Us Three. When's the last time we did this? Oh my gosh, years. I have no idea. Years. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> it has been a while, so figured we'd get back to our roots, talk some baseball, and also Summer I Turn Pretty for three episodes. Yes. We'll so do that excited. at the end. So much to say. So much to say. We have not had an episode for two weeks, so a lot has happened. Sam went to an all-star game. Yes. How was it? Yes. Yeah. Tell us about it. Um, Share everything. See, it was great. It was a quick trip, as all stars usually are. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, flew out all the way to the West Coast, as the only all star games this company has done. Um, The flight wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So that went well. And then met Rose and Chris at the um, Rose and Ploof at the airport. Jake and Jolly were already there because they did some. Uh, super mega baseball thing beforehand um and yeah got right down to business when we landed set up the studios kenobio made his first appearance on talking yanks <laughs> um and yeah and then uh everyone went to the derby shot some stuff um it was really cool i guess the one sunday when we got there um we me jolly dan kai uh zach went to ride around t-mobile and film down on the streets uh, and that was really cool it was a really nice vibe around there because i think there was fan fest activation yeah. stuff happening so it was a lot of people in jerseys and a lot of people excited a bunch of people like recognizing yeah. someone maybe dan was wearing like a drama media hat so a lot of people um recognized us that was cool um and i, I had never seen a dan on the street live so that was really fun <laughs> it's, seeing yeah. dan in his element um i loved that um yeah, took everyone to the Derby. It was super, I kept saying this all week I was there, but dropping them off at the Derby, I, I always expect like how, how it was in LA. Like, you know, you have to drop them off far away. It's chaos. There's road clothes and mm-hmm. traffic and all that. Yeah. And there was nothing. I dropped them off essentially at the front door. <laughs> Park twice. I, dro- I dropped everyone off and then I came back to the house, got Bill, dropped Bill off and extremely easy. It was crazy. Same with pickup. So that was a huge plus That's to good. the city of Seattle. Um. And yeah, it just, it looked really stunning. Like there was one time when I was leaving the stadium, I like drove up this like highway overpass and then on my left, T-Mobile came into view and it was huge and like all the the rafters and the metal and then just the pretty like nature background. It was really um, jaw-dropping. And then uh, had the event the next day, which was a lot of fun. It was our, it was the longest we've, done one of those events because there's three tiers to it yeah um so that that was just really cool it was a it was a nice it was a good venue there's you know like some mishaps as there always are but everyone just powered through and people were very understanding um and chose to focus on the good parts of it and what we were able to offer which was very nice um but yeah it's a lot of fun seeing people who have come to every all three years of these events and catching up with people and you know seeing some of the the names that we see all the time online is always the best part and i think rejuvenating for um you know the people who are in it every day and who are on camera and yeah. taking, you know taking the brunt of of like news as it comes and opinions and all that stuff um so yeah it was it was a lot of fun um and yeah and then just right back right back to business uh now have warehouse stuff to look forward to yeah, you were, I mean, Jess was there, but Jess was like doing whatever she does on trips. She just like ventures out lives and goes in and yeah. literally lives her best life. So you were just surrounded, you was just like a bros trip. Sam and, and the Sam. boys. Yeah, yeah I Sam and her boys. Didn't, uh, yeah, didn't really like, yeah, think about that. Um, but yeah, you know, everyone's everyone's great and nice. Yeah. It was, I, th- I don't know if I told you guys this, but it was really funny. So we had two separate Airbnbs. Um, and then, so the second one, it was me, Jolly, Dan, Kyle, and Bill. And so we like went to the first house, dropped off, off, went to go check into ours. And it was really nice. Like the boys were trying to be so sweet. Like, oh, Sam, like go pick your room first. Like <laughs> you have the house. I'm like, oh, okay, that's nice. So then I go in, I'm like, it's, there's three, there's three levels and then a fourth of like a rooftop deck. Mm-hmm. So the, the the main bottom level had two beds. I was like, oh, I don't want, I don't want to be in a bedroom in the bottom level. Like that just kind of creeps me out, even yeah. though it was safe and all that stuff. I just would rather not. So then second level was kitchen and living room. And then the third level was two more bedrooms and then the roof. And then so we were like everyone just kind of walking up and like taking it all in and being distracted. And I was said, I like, oh, I'll take one of these upper rooms. 
And like, yeah, sure. Okay, great. And then we all like, you know, go up, see the roof and all that stuff. And next thing you know, both the upstairs rooms were taken, <laughs> which is so fun. I did not care, but it was so funny how they were trying so hard to like <laughs> be sweet and accommodating. And then they just lost track of like everything. So I was on the bottom room, which was so fine and such a great room. And like, I don't care at all. It was just, it was really funny. It was so funny. Um, but yeah, it, it was good overall and it was fun. Um, Seattle was really nice. I probably never would have gotten there on my own. So yeah. it was nice that this was the opportunity that took me out there. You lived there, right? I did live there, yeah, for like seven months. Okay. I sent them one recommendation and it was yep. an ice cream place with a specific order, which I'm sure no one got. That <laughs> I Did you send you sent an order too? Yeah, lavender ice cream. Oh yeah. With, I, I would with not have lemon sauce. I would not have gotten that. It's like a re- it's like a recommendation from them, like Yeah. Whatever. I've been thinking about this ice cream since the day I moved out of Seattle. It's Molly Moon's. If anyone's listening and goes there, I'm sure you can relate. Everyone there loves uh, Salt and Straw, which is like the Northwest yeah. ice cream. Yeah. I was like Molly Moon's ride or die. And I have not been back since I lived there in 2016. So I sent, I texted Sam one day and I was like, here's an ice cream wreck. And they all went. That's we did, good. Yeah, because yeah. it, was, it was luckily right... Um, couple blocks away from where the venue was so after our event was over i was like all right let's go get ice cream and i was like oh i know this place is right here um mike de leon sent us a recommendation that we weren't able to get to um of dick's burger spot mm-hmm. or dick's drive-in or something nice so good it's it like has, a seattle staple yeah. it's, it's literally like burgers and fries that's it that's it that's and so didn't nice. he text you guys saying yeah. like get a burger fry and a coke and like yeah. that's the actual that's like literally all you can it's get literally <laughs> all you can yeah. get i felt so bad coming back here and i had i said mike i'm sorry like we weren't we weren't able to get there and i know he was bummed but at least we it's we got one yeah of them. that was a that was a good wreck from mike yeah it's hard because not everyone like I try to pick places that has a variety. Yeah. Yeah. Try to eat healthy and Billy healthy. Yeah. And you know, we need to have some, something for everyone. Uh, but yeah, it was good overall. Nice. I'm glad the trip went well. I truthfully don't remember what I did the past two weeks outside of a trip, but that's whatever. Do you remember what you did? No. Yeah. No, I don't. No. Um, like not even like, Oh, I had a family reunion. Oh that, yeah. Yeah. And all your friends invited, yeah. them, got invited to yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. I had a family reunion. How'd I that met go? like so many third cousins I had never met before. Perfect. From, like, all over the place. We love growth. I would say I only knew, like, 30% of said family reunion. And it was, like, at my close family's house. Like, it was at my aunt's house, yeah. who I'm very close with. And, yeah, all these people were there. And I, my brother and I looked at each other at one point. And we're like, who the fuck is that? Yeah, are we related to these people? what are we doing here? <laughs> um, but it was really nice. And my mom nice. and my brother flew in. Nice. And the three of us haven't been together since Thanksgiving of 2021. Oh, wow. Yeah. So long. Oh, that's so, fun. Yeah, so it was really nice. And then, yeah, I don't remember what I'd done since then i don't think much well you're about to go on vacation i'm going to wildwood this weekend yay first time first timer in wildwood apparently Ooh. that's a big deal i don't know um my friends go like every summer and i just What's haven't wildwood? really been around it's a jersey shore it's just a beach at the jersey shore okay all the way <laughs> down at the bottom got it like the very bottom is cape may it's one beach above that got it it's like very far away i don't know what like there's so many beaches closer than wildwood yeah. i don't know why we're going to wildwood but it's like a staple in my friend group and I've never been. It'd be fun. But Kyle's parents live in Wildwood. And him and Andrew are also going this weekend. So I think we're going to hang. Oh, that'll be, be good. So, we love that. Yeah. You were like all over the country. Yeah. I went to Arizona, LA, San Diego, and Colorado. Yeah. What the hell? Well, it. so I planned this trip. So I had a wedding in LA on July 1st, which flying to LA for the 4th of July weekend is very expensive. So I was like, okay, and this is, I found out about the wedding knowing that the All-Star Game was in Seattle. So my worst thought was, I don't want to fly out to the West Coast and then fly back home for three, four days, who knows how long, and then turn around and fly back across to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, there's a lot of friends over there that I like never get to see. Let me just like plan a trip over there. And then if I need to go to the Seattle I can because I'm on that side of the country and if not then I'll just fly back so that's why I planned the trip like that shit wore me out yeah dude you dude. were everywhere it like every time you posted a story you were in another state I was yeah. like what's going on yeah I mean yeah we did a lot there was a lot of stuff um I got like third degree burns from the sun 
Oof. And my friend Sydney was, she's convinced it's because we were on a mountain, we were closer to the sun. And I'm like, I don't think that's how that works. But Honestly, no, I'm pretty sure that is true. That like elevation has an impact yeah. on. It's like you're closer like to the sun. But also, isn't it because the air is like thinner? I think yeah, there's like a I, lot of science behind I think this. there's science behind yeah. it. I don't <laughs> yeah. think it's just because like logistically, like I can see the sun yeah. like closer. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that was my trip. It, it was a lot, but it was good. Good to see people. Good to see friends. Um... So baseball, we want to talk baseball first before summer I turn pretty. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about baseball. It's been okay, a while. we haven't talked about baseball in a long time. First half review: thoughts, disappointments, surprises. Two disappointments. Yeah. Well, in the two disappointments in this room. Pretty in much the every state of New York. Let's start with the Mets. You know how I feel <laughs> about the Mets. Um, it's always a state of disappointment. So, like, I really just don't – I simply don't care, to be quite honest. I really I really don't care. Um, there are things that I'm excited about about this team, like Francisco Alvarez yeah. is so good, and, like, that's fun that we've gotten to see so much of him. Um, you know, I just, like, I don't care. Like, I know that sounds, like, so annoying, like, such a stupid answer. Like, I don't care. This team is so bad. They're historically so fucking bad. I, yeah. They're – so annoying to watch every night that yeah. I don't watch anymore. I don't check the updates. I get the final score. Then I'm like, oh, they lost again. Yeah. I don't care. I, I just like check out at this point in the season if it's not looking good. It makes sense. We spent all that money. Obviously, the talent is there. I have no no idea what's going on. Obviously, no one has any idea what's going on. And yeah, I still want them to extend Pete Alonso, even though he's having a terrible year. Um, I feel like I don't know if it's – and everyone wants them to fire Buck. I'm not I'm not into letting go of managers midseason. I think way too much of the blame gets put on managers. Yeah. I feel like even at the end of this like I don't I don't know. There are only certain things you can put on the manager. I had this discussion with someone in the office yesterday about mm -hmm. Aaron Boone. Because Yankee fans are up in arms, which we'll get to about Boone. Yeah. There's only certain things, decisions that managers make that impact the game. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about like bullpen management, lineup like actual lineup um construction and like yeah if you want to talk about a situation where Boone doesn't walk Otani those are things that the manager is responsible for Correct. sending your best nine guys out there and them not producing is not the manager's fault no so I have a hard time with like the buck criticism and people are like well something's got to change yeah they need to play better like I don't but to me that's not I don't think firing the manager, especially a manager that a lot of players love and respect and has been in the game for so long, is going to shake up the clubhouse in a way that's going to be positive. I agree. To me, like, I think it is what it is. They just need to play better. They get paid millions of dollars to play baseball. They need to play better. Yeah. That's where I fall on that. Do you think – so you think that the team has the talent and they're just simply not performing? Like, do you think it's a, a lead – like a – internal clubhouse like a leadership issue like a vibes issue more so i know that sounds like weird to like blame like losing baseball but like it's something that's off yeah it doesn't make sense because when they're winning the vibes look great it's not like i don't feel like it's an awkward group of guys they seem to vibe really well when the team is winning i mean you have jeff mcneil you last year he was a batting champ so obviously we know what he can do Brandon Nimmo just got a zillion dollar extension sure. because he's really good. We obviously know what Pete Alonso can do. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander. We're talking about proven MLB players. I don't know why they can't put it together. I mean, I did think, and we kind of talked about this. We don't have to dive into it, but when we were at the McNeil Top Golf event, it was interesting not to see any other guys there outside of like Pete Alonso. And I remember when I was at the next golf event um i think the following week i believe or two weeks after that i was talking to one of the players managers agent something like that um and he was kind of alluding to the fact that there's something off missing like clubhouse vibe wise and that's like why things are just like not sinking he didn't give me any other details but i mean it makes sense like if you have that talented of a team like who is like the rah-rah guy like who is like the you know the vibes mm -hmm. got because I like, I don't in, know in my head I would say it's probably Francisco Lindor right it, like and like Eduardo Escobar is like very much a guy like that he's obviously gone but he wasn't an impact piece on this team the entire time he's been here to be right. honest he had little spurts of really yeah. good 
moments. But other than that, it's not like he was making a huge difference on the field. Vibes-wise, him and Lindor, I would say, would, would have been the guys. That's what I think, um, too. But I don't think Escobar it's, leaving has anything to do with anything, and they weren't playing well before that. To me, Lindor is your vibe guy. He's your veteran. He's one of the best shortstops in the game. Like, that is your vibe guy. I don't know what's going on with them. Like, I have I – have, obviously, no one knows what's going on with them or they would have fixed it. Mm-hmm. So – It is interesting, though, because it is pretty rare. Like, I mean, it's not rare, but it is some sort of rare to have a team with that much talent, with that much, like, excitement going into the season, and then for them to be playing – it's not just, like, mid. It's just bad. It's bad. It's not, like – uh, like, well, that game, you know, you can make that excuse. In this game, you can make that. It, it's just bad baseball. Yeah. I don't blame you for emotionally checking out. That's what I do for Tennessee games every single year. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I just, it gets to a point way. where I don't, you, you don't want to care. It becomes self-harm at some point. Yeah, like, I want them to do well, but if they don't, like, my, I'm not living and dying by how well this team yeah. does. Like, I feel very level-headed about sports in general. Like, my day-to-day doesn't change based on how good they are. I want them to be good. I'd feel happier if they were good, but I'm yeah. not sad because they're not good. Right. It is what it is. True. That's true. Yeah. Sam? I'm in a, a very similar spot um, to you, and I think uh, in my head, too, it's like, okay, well, to some degree, the Yankees clearly don't care, so why am I supposed to care if you aren't doing all that you can to make this a, a watchable product? Um, Jake had a really good tweet the other day uh, after just another awful loss. And it was like Yankees front office shocked, Yankees manager shocked, like every, like Yankees coaching staff player shocked, fans not shocked. Like, yeah, I saw, saw that. Saw this coming from a mile away because yeah, like you just didn't didn't have the pieces in place, you didn't have the backups in place, you didn't have the right you know m- mindset or way of of going about the season where you have to try and care every game and not just care for the first month and then care you know in September and October. That's just not how it works. Um, and, you know, like how, yeah, we're dealing with a lot of injuries and that's great. And when you get guys back, it's rejuvenating and you're back to where you are. But that it's like some of the guys we're waiting for to get back is like Jake Bowers, Greg Allen. Like those aren't the names mm-hmm. that's going to save the day. Right. Like that's our that's our depleted bench coming yeah. back. Like that's, yeah. that's, not, that's, not, that's not a good thing to be hoping for, you know? Um, so I think that's tough and... Yeah, it's just it's not it's not the same like it's really bad obviously how they can't do anything without judge like if judge doesn't play and judge is hurt Rizzo just can't fathom like being part of this team <laughs> like, like they're just too attached at the hip and it's just it's so scary when it's built so much on one guy that he can just completely you know tip everything um you know it was it was I guess somewhat refreshing to see that they changed um, the hitting coach. You know, they did that while we were in Seattle. So it's like, all right, at least you're doing something. But then to bring on Sean Casey seemed like a kind of a strange choice. And that, you know, he's maybe somewhat of just a, a boon where he's the the new age, like people, people pleaser, friends with the players, not, you know, kind of like a Joe Torre um, type of, of coach. Um that maybe is, you know, what they've been missing for so long. So it's like they kind of did it by pulling a somewhat of a Steinbrenner move of being reactionary and say, hey, you aren't up to snuff. I'm going to cut you in the middle of the season and like you're done. But then it just like, I don't know, it seemed like they didn't finish it by choosing a, a really good replacement. I've obviously no idea what went into the factor of hiring Sean Casey. Right. So, you know, maybe they, they obviously know a million percent more than me. But I don't know, it just kind of seemed a little bit like you're placating the fan base. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's, it's tough. And then there's guys, you know, like Cole or guys who have good, good moments and who are doing well and they, you can't do it by yourself. No. Um, and yeah, it's just been, been a bummer to watch. They keep out doing themselves for bad games and bad losses. And yeah, it just seems like they really don't, that they don't get it. It doesn't sink in. They don't think it's an issue. They think they'll be fine and can, ride out the bad stretch but like you're in last place like yeah i mean all the stats are coming out just the lower and lower they sink in the standings of you know it's been since 1990 and like all this stuff looking bleak over there you can't get worse than last place you physically can't get worse than last place and yeah just that, that doesn't seem to be rattling them like deep down 
No. So yeah, it just it sinks watching a team who doesn't seem like they really care or just are going to be so chill about it. I'm like, oh no, we'll get there because we always get there. Um, and yeah, it's just it's not not as fun um, or exciting to see. And I don't know. I guess you wonder if that is in the clubhouse and they're not having fun. No one has no one has no one has fun when they're losing. No. Um, so yeah, it's been sad and yeah like not entertaining i don't always like i'm not gonna stay up for a west coast game to be no. embarrassed like no. turn on the the last game of the rocky series over the weekend and like I, I was like okay cool like they have some fight in them they came back tied it up and then they just blew it that's what i always remember about 2009 and good yankees teams like they have fight and like you they have walk-off wins and like they have that magic and reliable does i couldn't tell like this just doesn't have that like you just don't you don't have that like intangible feeling of like, oh, this is a, a good like magical season. And, like we can pull it out. It's just not there. So, yeah, it's been sad. So did you guys listen to the Boone interview yesterday? Not yet. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? I texted Jimmy after I listened to it because I always listen to them. Yeah. And I'm not a Yankee fan, so I feel very, very in, like indifferent about yeah. all of it. Yeah. But I texted Jimmy. I'm so impressed with how they can navigate Boone's. Like, yeah kind of bullshit answers he's the king of not giving answers oh yeah and saying what he jimmy wants to and say. jake play that back and forth role so well yeah they've done incredible yeah i i had a conversation with dre yesterday at the end of the day because he had listened to it i hadn't listened to the full thing yet yeah. but i had seen the clips and the guys were all talking about it in the office there's only so much you can say without shitting on your players mm-hmm. and you don't want to be losing games and lose your clubhouse correct if he comes on and says yeah you know what this offense fucking sucks and X, Y, and Z aren't playing well, and we're thinking about optioning so-and-so, and, you know, we're making trades because these guys stink, like, you're going to lose your clubhouse. You're already losing games. If you start to win games, you need your clubhouse to be – or if you want to win games, you need your clubhouse to be a unit. There's only I, – I, I get people are like, he's lying, he's denying, he's whatever. He's also not the only person in the organization – that decides what he's going to say yes he is a mouthpiece for so many people yes and he has to be so careful about what he says I don't know what yeah sure could there be more accountability for like we're not playing well could there be more straightforward we're not playing well type answers yes the like feeling like they're gonna turn it around is delusional in my head like oh yeah the vibe of the Yankees in general right now feels kind of delusional in a weird way I'm glad Jimmy called him out on that too. It's like literally, like statistically impossible to like, yeah, do that. Yeah, I just there's so much he's not going to say. Yes, because I agree with he, that. and I feel like some of the criticism. I'm like, every also every manager goes out and gives those bullshit answers. Yeah. Every single manager when their team is losing goes out and gives the bullshit answers of you know well I am really impressed about you know the way we were taking at bats uh, two strike counts we, we were looking really good or so and so had a great game it's like you're you're losing they always have to find a positive every single manager does this I feel like the Yankees are in such a state of like chaos right now and the fan base is up in arms that they're taking every little thing he says and just ripping him to shreds yes every manager does this after in during every tough Listen to Buck. Buck goes out there and he's like, you know, I am really proud of our guys that we are playing really well. On what planet are we playing? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) I just think the way that the fans are ripping Boone for every single word he says, there's only so much he can do and say. It could be totally different what he's saying to the press to what he's actually saying to guys either one-on-one or in the clubhouse because I do think and I think it's different managerial styles and yeah maybe different generations where again you know I'll say Joe Torre but it could be you know Dusty Baker or other older guys who I think are more of a coach and like a father figure to some of these guys where it's like if if again two maybe unfair examples but like if Joe Torre came out and said hey Jeter's really struggling like I'm disappointed he needs to do this and this I don't I maybe I think in my head Jeter wouldn't take that as oh my coach is you know he doesn't believe in me like all this stuff and take it negatively where he can't perform I feel like again Jeter and Tori Jeter held held Tori in such high regard where he's like oh my my father my coach is disappointed me let me work harder to to impress him you know so I I think maybe uh, like I wonder how different managers if they take a different angle if they're known to be that hey like I have really high expectations if you aren't meeting them I still love you and still believe in you, but I'm going to call you out on it so you do better. And you know that this is not acceptable. 
Um, and yeah, that doesn't mean that that's what he should say to the media because you shouldn't because I do think a coach has to be the one who's positive that people look up to if you're in a scary situation you say hey well if he has faith right. I, I can be good um you know that's I think that's how it goes in any situation if you're the, the top of the food chain you mm -hmm. have to stay strong and not show that you're you're you know rattled or anything um so yeah I guess I hope that he's still not following that in in person and he knows that there are ways that guys need to improve and things that have to change it's fine if he's you know, playing that off casually for the media and yeah, bringing up good points so that, you know, people aren't just harping on all the negative. But I hope to some degree he is saying, hey, guys, like this can't fly, you know? Yeah. And I, I mean, I would think that he would be as most coaches and managers in that role probably are behind closed doors. But I feel like too, a lot, what a lot of people and obviously you guys know because you've been fans all your life, but another like added layer to being a manager on either the Mets or the Yankees is just the New York media in general. Mm -hmm. Like not only is the fan base just like brutal, like the media is looking for something that's like salacious or polarizing or something that they can like have this crazy story. And so that's like another added layer that you have to think about. And then you have to think about like the, the feelings, yes, of the player, but like there's just so many like, politics to it in New York baseball it feels like and I think in times like this it becomes very apparent mm -hmm. I think what people forget is that those managers are in charge of the the feelings personalities jobs livelihoods of 26 people at a time that's a lot of people that's, that's a, a lot, lot of personalities people that react to things differently that take criticism in different ways yeah. that have different learning styles We've seen, like, earlier in the season, like, Ali Marmol came out, that thing with Tyler O'Neill, Like, yeah. that was atrocious. It, but it's like, at what point is it too far? Like, did he take it too far and Boone's not taking it far enough? It's such a fine line to walk Yeah, where it's, okay, now you're saying too much to the media, and the, clearly there's things going on with the Cardinals right. clubhouse have been since the beginning of the season. That's not something you want. You don't want someone that's going to go too easy on them. It's such a tough line you have to walk. And I think Boone probably does have those conversations. He alludes to tough conversations, as all managers do, behind closed doors. I feel like that's the right way to go about it. Could he be more general? Yes, we could be better. Yes, the offense is lacking. Yes, we need people to step up. Sure, but like calling out individual people also, we've seen how that can go so case and by impact case, the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah, I think that's just yeah what defines a good manager. If you can walk that fine line mm -hmm. and you know – you know, what makes, can, can Donaldson handle being called out? But maybe, you know, Volpe right. can't. And it really is such a case-by-case -case basis. But I, this also made me think that I am at least very, like, grateful to be in a fan base that, like, does care this much and does expect that much. Because I was talking to my two friends in Seattle who are diehard Mariners fans. And they said a really astute point that it was completely all them and I'm just regurgitating it. But they were like, <laughs> being at a Mariners game is... Fans are just like reactionary. They'll like cheer when a big homer happened. They'll cheer when something happens or they, and then they won't care. Like, you know, if they got walked off or it was a bad game or whatever, where like in New York or in Philly or Boston, like fans are cheering to make something happen. Yeah. Like they recognize a rally supposed to come on. Hey, like if this guy gets on our four holes up like that, that can, you know, they, they know all the other moving parts and they cheer for that to happen. They don't just cheer like when that, when that hit is whatever, when that guy gets strike out. And I think that's, I've never experienced that, obviously, because I've only ever grown up in this fan base. Um, so, you know, you have to and I'm sure players would obviously rather have that. So it's a give yeah. and take and you you have to deal with it when it's bad and you get all that glory when it's good. Um, so, yeah, it's just crazy that there are fan bases that aren't like this. I mean, I use the example of when I was working for the D-backs, the hitting coaches got let go. It wasn't a story. Yeah. It wasn't a story. Like, granted, I know Sean Casey is someone that people know. Right. And he's, you know, it's not the same. These guys weren't in that situation. It wasn't a story. The fans didn't really even know, I don't think. Like, it was yeah, not crazy. a thing that people cared about. Yeah. And the, the Yankees firing their hitting, co hitting coach was, Headline holy news. shit, flip a table. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, run to the presses. I yeah. was like, this is crazy. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the amount that Yankee fans care and dissect every little thing is not the average i yeah. would say which is yeah. i'm ag totally agreeing with everything yeah. crazy. you and those guys were saying and having a comparison the hitting yeah. i could not believe how big of news in this office really? a hitting coach was i was blown away i walked into work one day and they were like oh yeah the hitting coaches are gone i was like shit 
That was at the end of the whole conversation. Yeah. So what's on the like, docket today? I'm not even kidding. Like it was, it was so unserious. Like That's so compared funny. to this office, yeah, having full blown debates and discussions about it. Just interesting. It's not yeah. this. It's not this way across the board. Yeah, there's high highs and low lows. That's yeah, for sure. It's crazy. Um, well, kind of segueing into the other part of sports we want to talk about before diving into summer I turn pretty trade deadlines coming up. Mm-hmm. Do you think either Mets or Yankees will be doing anything of like notoriety or? Notoriety? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll try to do. They'll check one box off of the twelve <laughs> that we need help with, and it'll be again the guy that checks off one half of that box you know like I, I maybe we're beyond repair and like one mid-season trade deadline can't fix everything because yeah it's a lot that we need and that's just not possible um you know cody bellinger's thrown out there a ton starting pitcher would be great i don't know they'll do something because i truly think like yankee stadium will get burned down if they don't like it's that's such a like look at Dan Rourke's social media like, I am concerned about him done, he, like, he said bad will happen. Somebody, <laughs> somebody kill me and bury my body where no one will find it if you don't follow Dan Rourke on Twitter and you're listening to this it's, oh, worth it. it's a gosh. gem so they'll do something because they have to and, and they know I think they know at least that like I don't, but I don't know if it, it'll ever be enough I don't know I'll, I'll believe it I'll believe it when I see it like that's I, that's what I kept saying in my group chat with my cousin and my uncle. Like, oh, Rodon's almost back. I said, believe it when I see it. When he pitches six yeah. beautiful innings, I'll be happy. But until then, he's done zilch for this team. And I don't care. <laughs> Taylor, what do you think? Uh, I think the Mets will probably do something very you think similar. S- selling? or No. No? No, I don't think they'll sell. I think Steve Cohen has too much pride to like admit the defeat of his grand plan he's had going on. I think they could sell. What are we doing? You know what I mean? What are we doing? Get something back in return for some of these guys. I have no problem with, except Pete. Like, I don't care about the fringe people. You can get rid of David Robertson, even though he's been really good. Send him somewhere where he can thrive. Because it's not <laughs> yeah. Send him to You want to get rid of Daniel Vogelbach, Tommy Pham, Asta Luego. I could not care less. <laughs> Truly. I could not care less. I don't want our core guys to go anywhere. Yeah. I really do. There is talent on this team. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I don't think they're going to sell. I think they might add like one measly thing. I don't, again, like we'll see. I don't. Yeah. Right. I think, th- I think that's also part of the Yankees problematic mindset is they say, okay, we'll get one or two guys at the deadline. We have judge coming back. We have Seve mm-hmm. coming back. We have all the guys coming back. It's like, no, that's, that's getting to you where you started. That's, that's, that's not, just that's getting not back to square one. Right. Yeah, they, yes. they don't count as an acquisition at the trade. No. <laughs> and yeah. I think for the last many years, they've been, they've they been doing that. that. No, that makes sense. I mean, the biggest conversation is obviously Shohei Otani. I got into a long conversation with Dalton about uh, Shohei going to the Dodgers. Hmm. When I tell you I was waiting for any opportunity to say, no, you're wrong. <laughs> I was poking holes left and right in that whole like plan of his and threw out the Braves just kind of blindly. And then as I threw out the Braves being better for Shohei on paper, Dalton started like crunching numbers and looking at contracts. <laughs> and he's stuff, like, yeah. oh my God, Pax, I think you're like actually right. So with that being said, thoughts on the Shohei Otani like conversation. Um, do we think he's going at the trade deadline? Do we think he's going to be an off season Type of thing where our heads at. I think he's going to stay an angel for the remainder of the season. And I agree. I also agree. I'm 50 50. He goes somewhere at the trade at the at the you know at the end of the season. But I I think he's staying put. I don't know why. It's just my gut. I also think he's staying because I think the Angels are Delulu and think that they're going to be able to get him to stay longer, mm-hmm. which is I do not believe is going to happen. Mm-mm. Or it's like a Rockies and Trevor story and they just like don't know what's happening and they just yeah. can't get their act together. I think yes. it's insane if they don't trade him. Insane. The reason I think it wouldn't work is because teams aren't going to offer enough to make it worth it for the Angels to yeah. trade him. Um, obviously, he is worth a lot. So if teams aren't willing to offer up the right package, I understand the Angels not wanting to let him go for not a lot. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, if he walks at the end of the season, you literally got nothing. So it's a very – another, like, fine line to walk. 
you might get nothing for the best baseball player maybe to ever live. Yeah. If you don't try and do something with him right now. I think I think that's, that's the thought. I think that's why though it won't happen because it you can't do this process hastily. Like he is the yeah hands down like the greatest ever. Like this will be the most massive deal. Yes. I don't think it can be done. And like me, maybe people have been thinking about their 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 trade package the whole entire season, knowing this maybe could be a possibility. But it just seems like this can't be done in haste because you can't mess it up and it's going to be so picked apart and remembered forever that I don't know if it can just be done in this period of time. No, this is a legacy move. I think it can. I do think teams have been thinking about for it sure. for the whole season. Yes. I think I'm they started thinking, thinking about it last year. I'm thinking about Juan Soto and like yeah. the size of the package that the Nats got in return. Yeah. It can be done. It can be definitely be done because I know teams have been thinking about it because they the yeah. Dodgers haven't done anything and I know we're out. We're anti-Dodger. Mm. The Dodgers <sighs> haven't done anything. The Dodgers did nothing in the offseason. They added That was Mickey Dalton's Rowe. argument. Dalton's argument and was the fact that go. they, like, have – they didn't do anything, so they could do something. I, I really think the Dodgers were holding out – because that's not the Dodgers. To not do anything I know. Is, to improve their team is not the Dodgers' way of life. I think the Dodgers are holding out. For, to be able to sign Shohei. They wow. did nothing. But where I want them to land is Seattle. If Shohei Otani goes to the Dodgers, I'm never watching I have baseball to stop, again. Yeah, I was just going to say I have to stop no, watching baseball nuts. altogether. I, I think at the very least he'd go to a, a a friendly team that's known to get the the Asian or you know, Japanese yeah. whatever players. So my biggest argument with the Dodgers, for, with Dalton, and try to take my – actual opinion of the Dodgers out of it and just thinking about this the biggest thing that I said against Shohei going to the Dodgers was because the Dodgers are a win now team like all of those big contracts of all of the good players are like a now it's not a future built team I mean yes they have a great farm system and the Dodgers always have people to bring up and whatnot but like this Dodgers team isn't going to be the team for the next two, three, four years. And so if you're one of the best, if not the best player to ever play the game of baseball, why would you want to go to a team that has historically been built to win World Series but doesn't? Or would you want to go to a team that's being built up to win for years to come? Like, that's my biggest argument. Because, like, why am I going to sign a seven-year deal for a team that's going to have one, maybe two, op like, possible opportunities to go deep? I mean, the thing with the Dodgers is they're always competitive. Yeah. They've won the division many times in recent years. Yeah. Which will always give you a chance. And at the end of the day, it's going to be about money. True. If the Dodgers can, be, can offer can him pay. the right amount of money, there's not a lot of teams – that are as competitive year after year as the Dodgers are. Granted, they have they have years where yeah. they don't go far in the playoffs. Whatever they have their what if you want to call it Mickey Mouse World uh, World Series win, then whatever that's on you. But there aren't that many teams that are going to be in the running for Shohei that are year over year as set up to be successful that year. True. That doesn't mean. That this team is going to be the Dodgers team of the future. Correct. But the Dodgers always find a way to make it True. work. Whether that's they bring up their farm system, they trade for people, they get guys to sign there because it is a franchise that people know win. Mm -hmm. And they have the money. At the end of the day, it's going they to have be the, the money. money. Shohei wants to win, but it's going to be about the money. I genuinely think if the Atlanta Braves were closer to the West Coast, I think no one else would compete with the chance that the Braves have of getting Shohei I think on paper I think they have the money I think they have guys that are locked in for a long time for low contracts they have such I mean they're one of the best teams in baseball right now and they're going to be mm -hmm. like one of the best teams in baseball for years to come on paper I, like I just think logistically I don't think it makes sense just with it being on the other side of the country but on paper the Braves make a lot of sense to get a player like Shohei. Yeah, Atani. they're set. They're set up for their future. Like they, they are. But I, I don't think he'll go yeah. there. But but again, if the Braves shelled out the money, then maybe maybe it, I don't. I think it's going to come down to the money. Shohei knows what he's worth. Mm -hmm. It's going to be about the money. Good for him. I hope 
I'm hoping he goes to Seattle. Good That's what him. I, I like want. that. That'd be cool. They have fun young guys that are exciting, mm-hmm. like George Kirby. Um, obviously, Julio Jared Kelnick has like yeah. turned his yeah. season, turned his career around already. They are missing something. I feel like it'd be so fun. He'd fit in wonderfully in that city and that mm-hmm. culture and that vibe. That's what I want. I don't I'm think the Mariners that. would ever pull the trigger on Shohei, but that would be my dream world. He goes to Seattle. Yeah, it'd be a legacy for that franchise for years to come. That's for sure. All right, we got like four minutes left before we got to head out of here. Summer I turn pretty recap. First three episodes, I cried. I, I cried. cried like five times. I cried. What did you guys cry at? I don't even remember. I don't remember. Um, The breakup. Mm. Cried. I wrote notes. I took notes Hey, as well. so are we only now getting one? One. Every Friday. I know. And not That's thrilled insane. about it. Um, yeah, I'll, I didn't take notes, so I'll just go off what I remember real quick. I She's dead. Music was absolutely insane. Like, I loved. Yeah, it Susanna's was, dead. We have yes. to start with that. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Because she was doing the trial at the end of last season. Uh-huh. Yes. So, you read, did you read the book? No, I didn't. Okay. I so, couldn't get through them. But I, I knew, yeah. I didn't know how, what was going to happen. Yeah. They gave you hope at the end of last yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, like, one of the opening lines, it's like, Susanna's dead. I'm like, what yeah. the hell? What I hate the most is I hate in, in general in movies this book I'm reading right now did the same thing I hate when you start immediately in like to going into a flashback like you you're at the future and then the rest is a flashback because I'm waiting the whole entire time to just get to, get to get where back. we are to fig to I'm always in my head puzzle piecing what has to happen mm-hmm. guessing what's happening to get to where we began I would agree and I think that ruins it I hate it um but I, I'm like I'm still obsessed I love it I thought it was great the music was fantastic like yeah maybe it was a little too spot on her crying in the car and driver's license yo like i didn't care it was that's what the song's made for it honestly oh yes olivia rodrigo fits it perfect like belly and olivia are the same person did you listen to the toast yeah yeah i listen to the toast too and i have fucking beef with them i'm the exact opposite i think the music's perfect i think it fits all they all anyone talked about last year was how good the music was yes why would you not use yeah. Olivia Rodrigo driver's license when she's crying in the car? In a high it. school breakup. It's literally then, the song. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to be upset. Well, it was snowing on the beach and she didn't use snow on the beach. What do you want? Do you want her to use the things that are spot on or do you not? Because yeah. there was the complaints that it was too spot on. And then, yeah. well, you know, snow on the beach and she didn't use snow on the beach. It's like, come no, on. I, I don't no, have a single complaint. Stop. They were phenomenal, phenomenal songs. I have three specific notes about songs. Okay. okay. In all caps, I wrote this while in live time. So Same. I just looked back and I was like, "That's what I wrote." <laughs> Dell Water Gap. They had a Dell Water Gap song, so good. Yeah, and I heard the first note and I was like, "No way!" Because it's not what like song is that pop. or what scene. It was. I don't remember what scene it was, but it was the song's called "Ode to a Conversation That's Stuck in Your Throat." Okay. I heard the first note yeah. and I was like, "This is off base for this," but I love it. Then I have an all caps Silver Springs. Yes. Um, during the breakup yes. at the funeral <laughs> and I heard the first note of Silver Springs and I was like come on and they yes. think she's so smart because that song had like a resurgence on TikTok this year mm-hmm. which like all the kids are learning about Fleetwood Mac which is awesome brilliant but that specific one of of them on stage and she's singing it to him it, it was a huge yeah. thing this year how is the person in charge of music not insanely famous right now I don't know I don't know who that is and I don't know how that hasn't been picked yeah, up and it, like it's praise and then i have mac miller in all caps right after that because after the funeral it flashes forward and and jeremiah and conrad are on the on the end of the dock and Mm -hmm. he's like we're gonna get the house and mac miller is playing and i was just like yeah it was just so good it was so so good good. it was so good yeah i don't have a i don't have a complaint about the music at all Uh, yeah i'm annoyed about the whole flashback thing and there were times i was very confused with the timeline same i wish there was a slightly different like tone tone Yeah. yeah Yes. yes. To like, yeah, is Susanna dead or not? Are they together? Yeah. How long in between? The, like, I, I was very, very confused mm-hmm. for a period of time. And overall, it's just a little bit more dark and serious than like, obviously, the first season. And it I is. love just how like free and summer it is. But it has to happen because it can't just be a repeat of the first season. So I really don't have many complaints besides I was a little unclear at the beginning. And then I think I figured it out. Um, Conrad is giving like Edward like brooding yes. vibes in Twilight yeah. to me. Even and the first season, though. like yeah, for sure. Yeah, even more so now with yeah. like the serious aspect. Jeremiah is so hot. His style—that's my. Oh my two. gosh, the crochet! I, like, he had like a knit <sighs> polo. Yeah, dude, this man. I love those. Whoever styling him, the tan, bravo. the hair, the eye, I'm like, he looks incredible. They're so tan. I'm so jealous. <sighs> my first note is belly stunning. Yeah. 
what a beautiful girl like, the bone real. structure I, she is stunning yeah. i yeah. can't get over it i think they did a really good job from season one to season two like showing her like maturity yeah. with like yeah. emotional growth yeah. like you can see it yeah yeah i hate the friends bangs and the friends hair oh taylor taylor i can't tell if i like her or not Sometimes I, think, I, I like her, I like other times. But her hair, I cannot get over I it. I can't get over it. Awful. And it's also like a bad box dye color. Like that yeah. vibe, don't like. Hate Milo, the boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, like, yeah. dude. That's just weird. I don't like it. It's, it's so weird. They had to give her somebody. She clearly is going to go with the try and end up with Steven. Steven trying to end up with her. They had to give her someone that was so different than Steven for Steven to be like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like True. this fucking guy. Yeah. Like the, it was so obvious that yeah. they were going to give her someone not like Steven for her to then end up with yeah. Steven. Yeah. I, so I think I like her more. Like the scene when her and Steven ran into each other at the bookstore and she had to fake. Oh, yeah. Because, she's like, and like her. Yeah. yeah. I think that acting was funny. I have a specific note about that scene. Okay. And I want to know if you guys caught it. Okay. Why did she have a venti coffee with no ice? I noticed that yes, and it was it was literally it just was, brown cup, no, not a single ice cube in it. Drank like it was drank. Down I remember like her that holding much. a large cup, no ice, not a single ice cube. It looked like a big ass Starbucks cup of chocolate milk. I was so yeah. disturbed. Yeah, I wrote down. Oh, interesting. Taylor had a venti coffee, no ice. That's one of my notes. That's yes. funny. It, it, I don't know why it struck me while I was watching it. I was like, we couldn't have thrown some ice in there. No That's one drinks funny. their coffee like that. Not a single person does. I don't even That's drink funny. coffee. Not a single and person. I, I, I don't know like, picked up on and that. I was like, there's something wrong here. I have another note about her. When they go to that party, it was Steven's graduation party. Yeah. I think. yeah. Why? Taylor's boy. They're all yelling out yeah. there. Taylor's boyfriend is on stage singing. He is singing songs that people know. Why do none of the kids know the songs? Like, everyone she, was singing it, but she's like, oh, he wrote this song for me. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. But that was just no, a weird scene. Then he was singing My Own Worst Enemy. Yeah. Not, not a one single person. person. They're just like, they're that's all just weird. like, I was like, you tell me they don't know these songs? Yeah. What's going on? I, I was, yeah. that was, that got me. That scene was kind of weird. And it Steven was, doing his random dude, stage right? drive, I thought that would become more of a thing. Like, she had to go hit her head. She talks to that guy. That was so bizarre. The whole scene felt like it was just like randomly thrown, thrown together. There. Yeah. That was like weird. crowd surfing. Let's have a conversation about the stars that I had with Conrad like months ago on a swing next to a, a, guy, a random guy they, that yeah. spoke they French to me. They were trying to like one show that Steven's trying to get like Taylor's attention. And then two, yeah. give Belly, give like, cause that's when they were really starting the flashbacks. Yeah. So then she goes into the car and yeah. that's when driver's license. And then you're like getting into her sadness. Yeah. But that was all like but very boys. odd. I really li I like the mom storyline. I have a feeling I'm gonna really like Belly's mom's storyline. I like that they're showing like her kind of like not failing as a mom, but like mm -hmm. dropping the ball as a mom. But like she's struggling and like dealing with. I I like where her storyline is going. One of my notes says I love Belly's dad. He's just so sweet. When they go to that lunch, yeah. Oh yeah, he's a good like, guy. I'll I'll put the skirt, but I draw the line at the pom poms. Yeah, like he's so yeah. sweet, so nice. I yeah. feel like I kind of want them to get back together. They might hook I'd up. I'd be okay with that. They'll probably hook up. Um, I have two notes. Of course he went to Cousins, question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes. Next one, of course they got a flat tire on the way. Obviously. Yeah. In a, by a cornfield. Like, I so cried in the cornfield. Yeah. When Jared was like, I you. You left you. and you like, left oh. me. I was like, tears. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it's so sad. Like, they had to have an excuse to get out of the car and scream at each other. Yeah. So, yeah. of course they had a flat tire. I thought they built up, though, that like, to that point well because you could feel the tension between like i thought they yeah, did that he, well jared was cold but trying to act semi-normal yeah like yeah. you know not be like horrible to her but like very cold yeah also the random girl at brown in I the green like, tank i'm like whoops. in the dorm room yeah 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 and so who was the girl and where did she come from at the funeral that he was His lying ex. in her lap yeah His when ex. did we know that from i oh, she it was casually said in their fight about yeah. like she's just or belly said something like oh so you'll take comfort from her your yeah. ex and not me oh, so like but, it was so something we, casual we shouldn't have had any no. other interaction no okay no yeah it was like one line that i was like oh that's an ex yeah okay um and then when they're walking when they get to cousins and they're going into the house and Jer like runs in and she's standing outside and then it's her narrating and i wrote in the quote it in quotes 
I don't want to see him and I can't wait for it all at the same time. Yeah. I was just like, oh, like I thought that scene was great. There. Like, yeah, where you're like, you, you want, you feel strongly so two ways so strongly. I was like, and yeah, and then she goes in and he's like, what is she doing here? I was yeah. like, yeah, I thought it was such a great line when Taylor and Steven were in the car and I think it was Taylor that said happiness and grief can coexist. Mm -hmm. Like when she said that, for some reason it stuck with me because I was like, I feel like that's going to be the theme throughout this entire Mm-hmm. At, like season yeah because belly already threw that in steven's face yeah like oh you you're happy i'm being sad like i cared about Susanna more yeah and steven was like i'm struggling too i love yeah. steven i think he like has you know his like weird things yeah. to work out but i love steven he's exactly yeah, what an he's older growing, like him more in this season than last yeah and i didn't i don't miss his girlfriend at all oh i like shayla uh, i didn't i didn't really care for her mm. yeah random but yeah it was right. great i'm so annoyed i didn't realize it's gonna go one by one now. i know yeah. Well, I'm so sad because I watched those first three episodes back to back to back Same. until like two in the morning. Yeah. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm done with three episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I breezed mo- through them. You, I, is there only seven or eight? I don't know. I was like, I only get four or five more. How How did they release episode one? Do they do it the same? I mean, sorry, um, season, season one. one. Like, do they Someone do it like told- this and just no one cared at that enough at that point? That's what I thought that they released it all at once. It was one by one. But no one, it was one by one, I think, but no one was watching it. Yet. Yeah. Yes, like the hype built when it was all hard. So all pretty the way much yeah. everyone watched it when it was the I whole think. season. Yeah. I mean, that's, I how, that's what happened to me. I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. That's so, so annoying. But yeah, I think, I think all things considered, I don't think it really let me down at all. No, it's different from season yeah. one for sure. But I think it's a good dip. We kind of expected it to be. Yeah. So it's just one year later. And the flashbacks. One summer later, yeah. yeah like, the flashbacks are through the, through the school year. year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was confusing. And is, who is Jeremiah? So, remember when she was in the guidance counselor's office and she wasn't going to get into her IVs or her big schools and she's like, oh, the guidance counselor said, like, Finch. And she's like, oh, I know a person there. Is that Jeremiah? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So it, so, it goes Conrad, Conrad Jeremiah, Jeremiah a year, Belly a year. Steven. Conrad, Jeremiah, Stephen, Belly. Because Stephen just graduated high school. Okay. And Jeremiah's already in college. Yeah. Wait. I thought it was staggered, but Jer- she said I have a friend there. Yeah. And, 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 and Conrad's talking- at Brown. Yeah, so I'm pretty yeah. sure she was talking about Jeremiah. Because then they were- she was like, oh, reach out to him. And she was like, probably not. Yeah. Well, the only reason I like question that is because when Conrad came and visited Belly around Thanksgiving or Christmas, like out in the front when they kiss or whatever, like... He said something about, yeah, Jeremiah's doing good yeah. because of prom. he just got prom king or homecoming king or something like that. So yeah. I just referenced high – I thought high school. So in in season one, was Conrad already in college? Mm-mm. Yeah, it was the summer he, after he graduated high school. Yeah, so he, he was going into college. Yeah, he was going – He was going, right. he was so going then, about to go into college. So then he, it's his freshman, freshman year, so then Jeremiah can't, can't be. be in college. I think, Jer, I think Jeremiah and Steven are the same age, maybe. Maybe she was saying that Jeremiah was going to maybe f- yeah pinch whatever maybe probably and she was like oh yeah I know someone I'll know someone there maybe yeah. maybe I, is I that. don't know because I thought the same thing but then yeah. I was like that doesn't make sense because then I yeah, then Conrad, I Conrad was at Finch but but he's, he's, at, he's Brown. at Brown yeah yeah so other than that it was good okay well. We'll circle back next and that's week. The recap. Yeah. And that's a recap. First three episodes. I feel like the season finale we should just like watch, watch live. Watch it live. Okay. Perfect. I'll bring cheese and wine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's another episode of Girls and Code. Thanks for listening. Bye.